Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show. Joining me this week is the regular contributor, co-host, slash person who wishes had something else to do on a Wednesday night. It's Mr. Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth Show. How has your week been, Mr. Madden? Uh, it's been okay, thank you very much. It's not that I have nothing to do, it's that I plan ahead and realise we have a show on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. It's quite yes. easy to work out. I don't know why other people seem to forget we have a show on a Wednesday, but you know, we're on a Wednesday anyway. I mean, if only there was some way over the internet you could use a way to send messages to people oh, through. I know that this, if only they it would make a noise on a portable device that you could have with you to take everywhere. That's crazy. That's crazy. Or some sort of calendar thing. Maybe if there was some sort of digital calendar and you could look at events and go, oh, yeah, I've got something on that day, maybe. I don't know. I suppose, I suppose we should say happy anniversary to Mr. and Mrs. Barry. <laughs> Who totally forgot about it. <laughs> I was wondering why he sort of opened up the show document. It's like, Barry's opened up the show document. Then, not so long later, can't make it tonight, guys. Wedding anniversary. It's like, oh. That's how, that's the sort of planning that I rely on. Joining us this week to fill the shoes left by Mr. Gentleman is none other than Dean Murphy, the author of the app that was 34 countries around the world, the number one. Have I got it right this time? About that. About that. I'll stop counting after 30. Uh, <laughs> What's that? that humble brag? <laughs> <laughs> Joining us this week is Dean Murphy from the uh, Content Blocker, not Advert Blocker, Content Blocker, Crystal. How are you doing, Dean? How's your week been? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's been a busy week, as always. I'm glad we got you on this week, because I've just been catching up on my South Park watching, and I couldn't help but think of ad blocking Crystal when I was watching, I think it was season 16, where they sort of do a rip on, is it, oh, what's that film with the robot? That is, is it Ex Machina? Do you know the show, the one that I mean, yeah. where they go off to a forest in a lodge and there's this weird scientist guy, he's made a robot, the robot doesn't know it's a robot, but it does in the end. That's the one, yeah. I love that film. I actually bought it on iTunes a few weeks ago because it's like £5, I think, or £3.99. has been some brilliant tunes on uh, iTunes. In fact, I should. I've, I'm going to put some in the show notes this week because our very own Clive Hammett from the forums, from the forums from the Google Plus community, has been doing his sterling work, uh, reminding us all what's been out. I bought Eastbound in Down for six ninety nine. Carl, any bargains this week that you've picked up from the <laughs> iTunes store? Oh, this is embarrassing. I bought the complete eight and a half hot mum because it was like going for fourteen ninety nine or... Eight series, I think it was. Blimey. Nostalgia. I remember watching it as a kid with my grandparents. So um, I bought it for pure nostalgia reasons, even though there is some dodgy PC stuff in there, or <laughs> non-PC <laughs> stuff, I should say. Well, it's been a funny old week for news, really. I suppose we should start with the most recent thing, this whole Google event thing that completely, well, it passed me by. Uh, Dean, you said when we were talking before we started the show that you watched it. What was your take? How far did you get through watching this googly thing? Yeah, I think I got through about half of it and I was just I was just getting a bit bored of it. So I just turned it off. It kept talking. It just dragged on at a, a certain point where they started talking about the voice assistant and all these different voice commands you could do. And it's just, I don't talk to my phone and that was, I, I don't talk to Siri hardly. So all that stuff is kind of bit irrelevant to me so i can't imagine a world where everyone's going to be talking to their devices that much 
see, I I'm always talking to it. I just tuned out. <laughs> I really, yeah. I'm, I'm, no one else to talk really, to. You have to talk to something. Yeah, that's true. And I believe I'm one of the only people that will say please and thank you because I believe that one day Siri will become semi sentient, uh, and it will remember the fact that I was there at the beginning, being nice to her. Yeah, I, I use Siri in very like specific circumstances, like to set a timer while I'm cooking or if I'm driving and want to text or tweet, I guess. But um, in public, like walking along and asking my calendar appointments and all this, I, I just don't really see the appeal of it. We do. We do tend to forget it's there. That's the problem. I mean, I, I now it's on the Mac uh, and now I bought a certain machine from Amazon that if I say her name, she's going to wake up. So I'm not going to say the name just yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it does take a bit of getting you. I mean, because we've had, our age anyway, my age, because you're younger than me, but we've had years of, of interacting with these machines the same way. It's very hard for us to break that memory muscle. But, you know, it is little things like setting timers and calling up information about a certain place or trying to dictate. To, see, the worst one is um, when you try and dictate something. And if it gets... If Siri gets one word wrong, that you, you is useless. You got to ah, sentence and I have a hint for this. I discovered this, but I bet everyone knows it. You know, if you sort of like say create an appointment for ten PM tomorrow with the veterinarian and it gets a word wrong, I've noticed, I don't know if this is on previous iOS builds, if you tap where it's made the mistake, you now get a list on the lock screen or where it's dictated from, sorry of alternate um, choices. Really? Yeah. I, I noticed this yesterday. I thought, oh, has that been there all the time? It's a lot like the Dragon Dictate Corrections box. You tap it, and then you get, I think it's four or five alternatives, and then you can tap on that one, uh, and it sort of goes away to training it, so it recognises what it is you said. Hmm. <laughs> I never knew that. Well, let me try this now. <clears throat> I am going to send Mark a parcel in a van. And wouldn't you know, it gets every single word right for once. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ideal recording situations. No wind, nothing going on outside, clear dictation and cadence. Well, it normally gets van wrong. See, it normally like, tr- does it as can or something like that. But Okay, so in future then, uh, when it makes a mistake, um, I will, I will tap it and see if I can and alter it. I should be able to just tap any word anyway, because it doesn't know... Well, yeah, I think I if you tap the word, I'm, I've, I'm sure the other day I tapped a word and it came up with five suggestions underneath. And I was thinking, oh, that's, that's quite cool, that. Which also, because this is of the whole deep learning. I've just got your message come through. Um, this is the whole deep learning thing that Jang Dictator banging on about. So we're, uh, we really are sort of going into a world now where every device is going to be listening to us. I don't... <laughs> uh, I have a sort of problem with the device that's always on and always listening because I just think, hmm, hackers. Does anyone else share my fears or are we sort of past all that and it's just the way it is? That's why you should put a bit of tape over your webcam, isn't it, they say. But ah, if you want to watch me undress, (laughs) more for you. (laughs) It's $4.99 per month. (laughs) If you want to watch Carl and Jess, subscribe to our Patreon channel. But, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, you're right. So, uh, what, if these things are streaming online, like the one from Amazon, for example, apparently it's it's listening all the time, but not streaming that information anywhere. It's just listening locally for a keyword, just like Siri does. Um, I'm sure 
Google probably does something similar. Like one of these products they launched, the Home, Google Home, has a mute button on it. So you can turn it off and it will it will stop listening to what you, you're saying and things like this. Which, uh, although, which is very much like the Echo. Um, the only problem is, as with a number of these devices from that Google announced, is they're not going to be available in Britain. We're going to get the phone and we're going to get the Chromecast uh the Ultra Chromecast, whatever it's called, and we're going to get the Daydream View, which is the VR headset. But that's it. We're not. I, we're not going to get any of the interesting stuff, as far as I was concerned, like Google Home and the Wi-Fi network thing. We're not. Get, we're not getting them anytime soon. Anyway, it just says nothing about them on on the UK website. So it, it does concern me. Well, it doesn't. I mean, you know, because a lot of people slag off Apple, but one thing they do do is a very wide launch like a horizontal launch, if you speak, you know, number of countries all at the same time, all on the same day. And then they very quickly, within a few weeks after that, follow up with more countries. Now, I know Google, is this really the first time Google have done a major product launch? So well, things. are we not going to count the, the two, the Nexus phone and then the Nexus tablet when that came out back in 2014? Yeah, but they're, they're, just they're just phones. They're just like phones. I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're great, and you know the new Pixel looks fantastic and stuff. But it's not gonna it's not gonna pull me away from Apple. But it might pull someone else who's away, who's in the market at the moment, who's might be buying Samsung phones or HTC phones or LG phones. It, it's it's a very high price though for a Google product. Um, but it's got some nice specs. It looks okay. It looks like a, an iPhone, <laughs> in as much as it's a rounded rectangle. I mean, that's what a phone is nowadays. I mean, what can you do? But uh, yeah, it, 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 I just, it's just one of those, another one of those things where the UK and a lot of other countries around the world are going to have to wait until, A, they sell enough in the US to make Google think, oh, we'll probably sell this around the world. And just like this Echo that recently came on sale from Amazon in the UK, yeah, it came out, but there's hardly any services that UK um, specific to it. There's one or two, um, but... It's very limited currently in what it can do. There's great, you know, great prospect there. But as things stand today, we're very limited with what we get in the UK. And, you know, the same extends to Europe and Canada and China and all these other places that Apple goes in, you know, with, with both feet on on the ground straight on day one. It's just we tend we tend to forget. We look at these wonderful things that Google do and we say, yeah, great. If you're in the, if you're in the US, fantastic. If you're not... Yeah. Do we think, though, that with Google finally sort of manufacturing their own handsets, we might actually see a good, consistent fleet of handsets that are going to get the latest and greatest Android updates? Because that seems to have been a problem. There are so many handsets out there. And and just out of interest, I went into a mobile phone shop the other day, and... I would say about 80% of the phones were like on a, a older operating system. And you kind of think to yourself, that's it, I buy this phone. That's it. It's locked in, which is what you're not going to get with the Apple stuff. Do we think this is going to drive a bit of a wedge then between Google and other handset makers? Or maybe will it spur other handset makers to actually come on board uh, and start pushing out um, Android to their flagship devices? The, the newer version of Android, I should say. Yeah, this is very strange. I don't get why other manufacturers don't keep up to date with these updates. Because I've got a Samsung galaxy 6s or s6 i can't remember which way the 
S6 goes. It's not the model that catches on fire. That's that's the good news. <laughs> that's yeah, I can fly with it, so that's a bonus. Um, it came out like June last year, and it hasn't got the latest update that came out in August this year of Android. The latest Android update, which is Nougat, I think seven point oh seven point one. Is it now? I think I read. I've just on, some. Yeah, it's on seven point one. Yeah, I think so. It's even more out of date than <laughs> than than it was. Um, it only got six point oh three or four months before seven point oh got officially released. So they are so they're just so far behind these software updates. I don't understand why. It's because um, it's a complicated stack. That if there was a, a story that came out a couple of years ago showing the graph, showing all the processes that one apple has to do which is basically very small because it's all internal what they're doing and checking they check with a few um uh like cell companies around the around the world just to make sure they comply but that's about it but the google one is so complex there's so much going backwards and forwards because there's hardware manufacturers require different settings and things like this um and that's why they all had their own yeah stuff yeah and they had their own um like graphical layer on top of these products and they also stick in some of their own software and 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 services and things like that and then the carriers do the same yeah exactly so it it gets very complicated very fast for google to push out anything and and you're right this is they probably take they looked across at what apple was doing i think my god we'd love to be able to do this we'd love to control the entire stack from beginning to end as much as we can and and this should allow them to do it i mean they did it with for a certain amount of time with the nexus range where they could push out updates because it was just raw as far as i was aware raw google or android code OS, I mean. Um, so they should be able to do it with this. But again, it just comes down to how long will they support this particular iteration, like the recent iOS 10, which is already supposedly on more phones than iOS 9 now, goes all the way back to the 5S, I believe. 5S, 5C. It goes back to the 5, I think. And it goes back to yeah, the 5, exactly. Okay. So it goes quite a long way back, I think, to 2012, which is quite a long time. And uh, some of the, like, I think Goo Nexus 6 now will not Certain lines of the that had uh, the net. Certain lines of the Nexus Six cannot get nougat or nugget or whatever you want to pronounce it, because um, because it hasn't got the required hardware in there to run the software. Now I'm not sure if that's actually true because I don't follow Android that deeply, but I remember vaguely reading that somewhere. But um, yeah, I mean they obviously are envious. A lot of just like most other companies are envious of what Apple can do and. Uh, I don't, you know, Apple should watch their back, and there's some 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 things that they've offered in this new um, Pixel range that Apple should be looking at and going, well, we we need to do that as well. Namely, the unlimited storage photos and videos, which is just fantastic. But if I was, I don't think Apple should worry half as much as the people like Samsung and HTC and those people because this is a direct competition to what they're doing they're also offering android phones you know i mean because i'm never well i never say never but I, it's going to take a lot a lot to pull me away from apple and go to android but if you're in already in the android sphere and your samsung 6 is is getting old or whatever you might go oh look i'll look i'll look at this one from pixel from from google and it's it's everything i want and it, 
it's at a similar price now. They're going for top range prices, like the the most expensive one you can get, the five point five inch, thirty two gig version. Uh, sorry, one hundred twenty eight gig version is eight hundred nineteen quid. That's that's slightly more, I think, than I played for, for, paid for my iPhone seven. So, so they're they're getting up there. It's not differential in price anymore. Um, I think the Galaxy Note, and you know, before it was recalled, was at a similar price. So, I think the Android market is getting pretty muddied now with all these people f- vying for the same kind of customer. Yeah, just going back to how long this device is going to be supported for. On their tech specs, they actually list it's going to get two years of OS updates and three years of security updates from launch. So, in two years' time, it will theoretically just stop running the newer version of Android or just not not support the newer versions of Android. Wow, so, um, that's not so that long. Like pre-announced, this is going to be updated for the next two years software-wise um, and three years of security. So after you know three and a half years, a new security vulnerability comes out, you're screwed, I guess. <laughs> well, you can say the same when, when like, iPhone when uh, uh, iOS moves on, mind you, they support a lot. Well, they support four years at the moment. So, funnily enough, I'm just going. Oh, look now, I can't actually remember what iOS 10 gets supported. I know it definitely works on the six. Uh, I haven't upgraded my 5s to it because I sort of, oh, blimey, you can install iOS 10 all the way back to what we've got here: the 6s, 6s plus, 6 plus, the iPhone SE, 5s, 5c, and the iPhone 5. You can put iOS 10 on a device as old as the iPad Mini, iPad Mini 234, iPad 2, iPad 3rd, 4th generation, the Air, Air 2, the Pro 9, 7, and 12. That's quite impressive. Yeah, and like Dean said, it's not the fact that you get a new interface and new flashy graphics and stuff. It's purely the security stuff because, you know, these, these platforms are getting attempted to being hacked all the time as as we know recent news stories be it be it dodgy hackers or or even governments it's 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 crazy and and i can understand why some of these companies don't support the latest os update from from android but for god's sake they should support the security updates it's just madness madness well, we are sort of going into this generation now, aren't we, where we're sort of replacing hardware every two years. I mean, obviously, I would say for what it's worth, like the iPhone started this. But if you look at like the generation of consoles now, but what is it? The Xbox and the PS4 haven't really been out that long. All right, granted, more than two years. But they've had an update halfway through their life cycle. Um, Win- Windows is always getting an update. But the difference here is, is this is no longer cheap. Like, you can buy Android phones cheap in the past. The cheapest one you can buy of the Pixel is 600 quid. So how long no, would you yeah. say then it should last for? How, what, what would you say would be the minimum standard for a £600 device? Well, I, granted, I agree with you. It should be more than two years. Madness asking me because I get one every year. <laughs> but, you know, I think most people go three three. Most regular people, definitely two to three years. Some some people, I mean, my, my stepdad, for example, he's still rocking a four. But um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't want to say I don't want to sound like I'm slagging Android off because I'm not. I just it just seems to me that either the users the, the users of them I know firstly don't care about updates. They're not even aware they need updates. It's a phone. It's not a computer as far as they're concerned. It's a phone with some 
computer-esque type things on it. So even if they do get a notification, there's an update for it, they don't necessarily do it. And and I think that that is also a problem, which some people, you know, you need to you need to take that on board as a manufacturer is if people are just buying your phones because they're cheap and disposable, but at the same time you're asking them to put more and more of your personal information into them. You've got you've got to support those security updates. I feel I I don't know, but mind you, you know this again. It's maybe. Um, going out to a public who um, who doesn't care about security, who who would willingly give up their business's password, you know, for well, that's the Android part. store, isn't it? It's the, the second no, you no, said no. no, no, there was a, there was a scam, wasn't there? Somewhere, um, I'm not sure if it was London or New York, where they were offering Mars bars or sweets outside of a, a big corporation just for you to share your password, and most people will. <laughs> I don't give a crap. Who cares? It's the company. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to give me a pre- Oh, what they was doing is also offering out uh, free USB sticks because they knew at least one person would go back in and plug that USB stick into the network internally. And nice. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just social engineering. That's that's all security comes down to most of the time. But um, it's always nice to have the software updated so <laughs> to prevent some of the known hacks and and exploits. But no, I I like the fact that Google have done the Pixel because. It's another one snapping at Apple, just like Samsung is doing, to make Apple continuously, you know, move forward with what they're doing. If they get slack, if they get lax, then we're the ones that suffer, the, the customers. But if they've got someone nipping at their heels or they feel someone's nipping at their heels, then they go on, I think, to do better and better things. Yeah, the... F- the I was going to say, I was gonna say the photo offering they offer is just amazing. And that's one thing that would... I would just go for it straight away. That's what I pay Apple. You know, I pay for the one terabyte package, I think, on uh, Apple iCloud, just so I can store all my photos in the cloud, which is like 250 gigs worth of photos. Um, so if they offered out unlimited photos, that would be amazing. But um, I can't see it scaling very well f- for free for all Apple customers because this is targeting like a very small market, the Pixel, compared to Apple's 1 billion devices mm. or whatever it is. So... Um, I think it's something that Google could offer for free on this phone because not many people are going to take that offer up in, in, when compared to how many people have iPhones and use iPhones around That's the world. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, I, I never thought about that. Scaling. Yeah, it's, a very, it's, only on this fo- yeah, it's only on this phone that they're offering that, that service. And like I say, if, if the recent, just the recent iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, how many they sold, I mean, just think if they offered unlimited storage on that so, but maybe maybe this is it maybe after this time google won't offer that again i'm sure they will because i, I think they've got the odd server here and there that can probably deal with it oh yeah and they've got other uses as well for the photos as well like the- <laughs> oh i didn't want to say that <laughs> Free small print just that interesting was there any reason why you went you went and put down your money for the one terabyte for apple and you didn't go with something like google or up there or a third party service did you just buy it because of the integration purely for the integration yeah um just because everything syncs in with my yeah with the photos app and i know it's on every device i just sign into icloud and everything's there and i've just through the years i've just gone up one step at a time. So I started for like, you know, 50 gig, then 100, 200 gig, and then now it's one terabyte. 
So I'm just looking at, in fact, I need to go and look at my storage, what I'm paying for, because obviously when my new iPhone 7 128 gig version comes in, why did I buy the 32 gig? What was I thinking? <laughs> it's impossible, impossible to live with 32 gigs. So when everyone was banging on about, oh, 16, it is. It's not, it's not, it's hard. It's not as hard as it was with a 16 gig, for example, but I still, I still do that with my iPad mini. Still on sixteen gig. Yes, you can't put too much on there. Granted, but with a lot of the cloud services, it's not as it's not as hard as it used to be. I I gave up. It was I was just fighting and losing a battle. But I'm oh I for me, I tend to put a backup of my photos onto OneDrive because you literally just tap the app and away it goes. And onto Google, I've been looking it up there, but I don't know that up there just reminds me of that app. What was it last year? It gone, but not for well gone and forgotten. Where there's been a few, yeah, yeah, there's been and, a few that are like third party developers who just became the victim of their own success and they just couldn't keep up with the, the cost of storing all these millions and millions of photos that people loaded onto their service. Yeah, that's another reason I went with Apple because I know they're using it as a feature for their phones where other people were trying to, you know, profit off of that service. And after a while, they found out it's not a profitable service to be in and end up closing doors or getting acquired and shut down or. Something like something like that. The only other alternative I would have considered was Dropbox, but um, Apple just won because of the integration of between all their OSs and just you know suits me a bit better. The power default. Yes, it will win. Well, let's go on from something the new shiny to something that's uh, well that's just been discontinued. The Apple TV version two, and I believe the version three is no more. It is finally gone. It is an ex-Apple TV. Chaps, have you got any of them? Do you still use them? Or did you literally forget about it and consign it to the drawer the moment you got your Apple TV 4? I've got one, but I'm trying to think where it is. The remote is on my desk, the little silver <laughs> one. <laughs> it's here somewhere. Um, I use the remote quite a bit because um, I don't like the the new remote. I've already smashed one of them because uh, it's got a glass, you know, it's half glass. Um, so they don't last too long because I've got wooden floors downstairs. So I use a metal one where possible. I thought he was going to say he uses always uh, Apple TV 3s as coasters. <laughs> you know, because he lives that life. <laughs> He's turned it on. It's worn out, Jeeves. Replace it. Yeah. I've still got a couple lying around. But the, uh, strangely enough, the, um, the second generation Apple TVs were the ones that are before Apple TV four came out they were more expensive than the threes because you could still hack the two you couldn't hack the three and you could like put on your own apps like like plex and things like that of course apple apple tv4 did away with all of that but but yeah i mean it was a good device the only problem is is there's no cheap alternative now if you want to get itunes media onto your onto your telly and it, uh, also, this goes back to Google as well, where they offered the Chromecast Ultra, which is like 4K, can stream 4K, and that's £69 when it comes out here. And what is the cheapest Apple TV for you get? 120 quid, I think? Yeah, yeah something like that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have it in the show notes. So, obviously, you can't stream... I don't. Yeah, you can't put your iTunes stream your iTunes to a, a, a Chromecast because it's all DRM'd up. So, I mean, that was one of the the things it was serving the Apple TV three. It was a cheap alternative to people who couldn't afford a four, um, if they wanted to go down that route. 
But uh, what is it, 60 quid, I want to say? I'm not sure now. About that. When I got a replacement remote, I thought I could just buy a new older Apple TV for the cost of this remote. (laughs) (laughs) The glass remote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously Apple want to move on, and I don't like hanging around anywhere too long, and it's going to force people to to upgrade. But you can still get these things on eBay or or various other places. It just looks like they're not going to make them anymore, which I, I can understand them not making any more because there's already so many out there in the second-hand market. But. Well, I think developers will be rejoicing so they don't have to worry about the A5 processor anymore, which I know a load of people were like, oh, we need to move forward from this. So that's a good thing. Uh, well, why did would, you, why, it, why would that Why would that matter? Because you can't write apps for the Apple TV 3, 4, 3. No, that is a good point. I was thinking about the iPhone A5. It's, but the, the longevity of it, I mean, there's a casual Netflix box. Uh, yeah, granted, the 2 is only 720p and the 3 was proper HD. Uh, I still use mine just if, uh, if just for anything, just to fling media to it to use the. Uh, yeah. yeah, but if you're only using it for third party services, then there's much better choices out there. Like, like there's the Roku and there's the Fire TV and. And, and there's Chromecast if you've got another device that you can sling the stream from because you know that was one of the biggest limitations of the Apple TV it was basically for Netflix and iTunes <laughs> in the UK anyway there wasn't much more there was no there was no iPlayer on it for example ever so it was very limited in what it could do I know other countries had some different options and services that they could choose from but there wasn't much for us here in Blighty it was simple to set up. Yes, very simple. So I think my point is that even though it's gone and you know, it's pretty much dead, it's still fairly useful. It's not like it's you know just because it's discontinued, you're not going to be able to do anything else with it. But uh, also discontinued. Now, I know the world is pretty much mourning over this one. Microsoft has pulled the plug on its fitness band. Did anyone care? Did anyone sort of notice that it was going to coming and going? Uh, I'm not surprised by this because I'm not exactly into my fitness stuff and all that sort of stuff. I'm not exactly a big sort of reader on all the magazines and everything like that. But I don't know. What was it about the Microsoft band where it just never got picked up by anyone in the tech press? Aside from when they did those absolutely horrendously stupid reviews where they said, oh, it's shockingly inaccurate because I walked 10 meters on a treadmill. and I found it only picked up four steps instead of 20 that it should have done. That was just horrendous. I don't think it, I don't think that helped, but um, it's just, it just seems to be like another product that if I had to sum it up, for me, the reason why it failed was because there was a lack of confidence in the product because it just kept having price drops all the time. I mean, Charles, if, you, if you're going out shopping for something and you see a gadget, do you wait for the time for the best price? And if you see the price you know, sales and everything else like that going on it all the time, does that damage your confidence to buy it? Or do you sort of think, oh, you know, I'll buy it now before you know, the, deal, the deal goes? Yeah, well, I don't look for bargains. I look for quality. And ideally at a bargain price if possible. But um, I never got that impression from the Microsoft band. I mean, I don't really use a sports tracker, but apart from when it launched, I've completely forgot about this product until you mentioned it's been discontinued. I've When I go into like PC World or like shops, you know, it's all about Fitbit and 
um, a few other ones, but I've never seen this one actually in a shop. So I don't think it gets any mention from anyone. No, and and that's I mean, it's to me, it's a little bit like when Apple have failed in music because they only have 17 million paid for subscribers. Yeah, a lot of people would kill for that. So you've got to wonder why why did more Microsoftians, more window people didn't get it? You know, why was it not this exposure of the Microsoft ban for a company as big as Microsoft? It, that's the bit that I'm struggling with. I, I just think it was another one of those devices, unfortunately, where it it was feud. It was feud that Microsoft got there too late. Um, did it? I'm not too sure about the band. Did it rely on a Windows Phone to work? I think there were some features to start off with, and then they relaxed it. But it does sound about right. I'm not sure, but um, again, <laughs> see, it looked pretty. I mean, it, it started. It looked. I used to. I. When I saw it initially came out, the way the, the information scrolled around the side of it, like the band and stuff, that looked pretty cool. But again, I'm not, as, as Dean says, I'm not worried about necessarily the price at this stage in my life, but I'd like something, I want to buy something that's, that's going to last and be supported and, 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 and does the job that I want it to do. I necessarily, the price is important, but it's not the essential thing for me. No, I always it's... At, I always looked at the band as just... That's Microsoft's thing. If you've got, if you're in the Microsoft realm, then great, go and go and get a band, or you know, or Fitbit, or or because because I always find, look if you, if you're in the market to buy an Apple Watch, you're going to buy an Apple Watch. That's all there is to it. If that's the thing that you're interested in, you're going to buy it, and it doesn't matter if the Fitbit or the band or anything else like that is cheaper because you don't care because you want to watch. If you're in a market of you just want the best fitness band there is going. You're probably going to go for one of the more established markets like the Garmin's and, and you know, people who traditionally that's all they focus on. And and, and I never, you know, I, I know a lot of people said the Apple Watch never gave a strong enough story for where, where it want, where it saw itself in the market. Well, I feel the Microsoft band done an even worse job of telling you where it was actually meant to be positioned in the market because I got no clue. Right, I remember it coming out. I didn't even know. I didn't even know there was a two. To tell you the truth, um, I've just got absolutely no knowledge of this device whatsoever. And the fact that they were uh, have decided to pull the three just goes to prove that there wasn't much interest from from many other people. I mean, it, it does say that they might bring it out later in the year. But as Dean said, I've never seen this on display anywhere. If I go to Amazon. And I search for things. It's never come that up there as an advert. It's never been suggested that I buy this thing. It's, I've never seen it, you know, advertised anywhere. And I, I, I don't. I, granted, I don't pay that much attention to advertising, but I have never. I cannot recall ever seeing that anywhere from on any site I've gone to. Do you need? So Maybe that was the problem as well. Yeah, I mean, the other reminder I ever get with it, because obviously I get a, well, Dean, I love this, I get a load of affiliate links saying, oh, there's a new deal on the Microsoft band and, you know, price drop yet again. And I was just watching, and I'm just looking at it thinking, if you keep putting on a special offer all the time, just drop the price of it completely and then build up buyer's confidence. Because every time you see like a Lumia handset come up for sale and you see, oh, this week it's £20 off and this week you get 
£15 off plus an extra terabyte of storage or whatever, whatever. I'm just thinking it just feels like they're desperate to get some market penetration instead of going out there and getting it to the hands of people. Uh, and if anyone has one out there and they want to lend it to me for review, get in contact because I don't mind giving it a go. But it's just, it, it always just like thinking of it now, whenever you've got the, the Apple Watch comparisons to the Fitbit and the Garmin's, it was exactly that is Fitbit, Garmin, oh, Garmin. Damn you, you strangled me again on my half marathon with your dodgy user interfaces. And then no one ever mentions Microsoft. And I don't know whether, I don't want to ignite the, you know, the flames of war or be a bit fanboyish, but where is all the negative press about Microsoft's latest fitness gadget is a flop? There's nothing. There's like a couple of articles of like, oh, they're stopping it. That's not, um, well, that's, that's not how currently the clickbait you know story goes at the moment apparently one of its other factors was it wasn't available you know in a lot of markets as well so that obviously hindered how many people bought it apparently but um i i, I just i don't know but you, you're never going to get those stories i mean you, you you've got the story here granted this is it from neo wind neo wind mike van stops and the band two online no band three coming this year but uh it's, you know, it's, it's sad when I think a big company tries something, tries something, and it fails. It's just unfortunately there was there's a period, there was a period, especially not so long ago, where virtually it seemed that everything Microsoft tried was just doomed to failure. And you know, I'm I'm waiting for them to score big again. I, I really want like the um, the Hololens to be big, but I've got a horrible, horrible feeling it's not going to perform the way they're showing off in all the demos. The only thing that's really sort of been successful now has been the Surface. And from everywhere yes. I've spoken to, that is a damn fine bit of hardware. So why haven't they been able to do that with their mobile phones, for example? I mean, eBay have just stopped supporting Again. their app for it. Again, I think they were too late to that to that market. That was all it was. There was already iOS and already Android established, and it was very hard for a third manufacturer to muscle in, even, even if they had the resources of of microsoft at the time a lot of people had already chosen what camp they were going to be in and stick with and you know once you once you've made that choice and you bought those apps and you bought all those things that go with it all the services that go with it there wasn't much room for 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 microsoft and also remember google absolutely point blankly refused to support it so here you are you've got a, a phone that has no google services on it at all but you can't do that most people use gmail for their you know mail for example and so many of us use various google services even if we don't know we're doing it but it was just crazy so i have no idea what that beef was well i think it was that shopping advert wasn't it snoogled or something i can't remember oh scoogled yeah they had they had no love lost between them microsoft and google and 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 people forget that you know they're going about apple and google not liking each other but bloody hell Android and Samsung don't Google and Samsung don't get on. Google and, and Microsoft don't go on. And by what I'm reading in the news recently, Google and Europe don't get on too well like either. Has anyone used Bing? I've had to use it in work for a couple of weeks, and I thought, right, I'm going to give this a fair crack of the whip. I think I lasted two weeks before I went no, because I, I was finding I was putting a search into Bing. Then going, oh, okay, nothing really here. Put the same search into Google, and it's like, ah, oh, this is more like it. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. It depends what you're looking for, doesn't it? I mean, 
Bing's okay. It does the job. If you don't change, I think if you don't change the default setting on your iPhone, it uses Bing. Yeah, I've, my iPhone is set to DuckDuckGo, which is not bad. It's not bad. It's not brilliant, but there's a certain less creepy feeling about it that knowing when I've searched for a certain fan, it's not going to come up on every single website I'm going now to. I, now I wonder what you're searching for that you don't want to be <laughs> recorded anywhere. I don't mind adverts some of the times, as long as I don't see the advert for a product that I've already bought. Thank you very much, Pabst. I now have my U3 server fan. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's that's the nonsense that's called big data, isn't it? This sounds like Dean's category. Dean, big data. Yeah, it's just a uh, simple way to put it. It's just aggregating everyone's data and finding patterns or trends or stuff in it so you know if 100,000 people are searching for Donald Trump and 50,000 people are searching for Hillary Clinton are people who use the internet or people who use Google more likely to vote for Trump that might be the case it's just trying to use that data in a meaningful way and I don't know why I brought US politics into it <laughs> but um, I use DuckDuckGo as well and a good little tip for DuckDuckGo if you search for something and you don't find what you're looking for um, add the prefix to your search exclamation mark G and then it will direct it will just redirect that search to Google well that's, that's handy works for other things like, um, exclamation mark Y is for YouTube and something else for Amazon exclamation mark A so yeah there's lots of different shortcuts in DuckDuckGo so just getting back to the band though I, I do notice there's, there's this there's this what's it called Schagenfreud What's what's the thing where you sort of enjoy someone else's misfortune? Shugenfreid. Yeah. So you're just describing but, all of our podcast listeners when no, they're listening I, to me no, on the I show. Just, I think that is the problem with technology uh, and technology pundits and websites and all that. They enjoy watching people fail. They enjoy these technology companies failing because, um, you know, to them it's just stories or entertainment or, or, or it's the enemy as they view them. And, you know, so this is why you'll get these things coming out soon. The new iPhone killer, the new Samsung killer, the new Microsoft Windows killer. And, and it's just nonsense. It just sickens me. And, you know, this might not, you might not get this with the band, but okay, they tried, they tried something and it didn't sell. So they've decided to pull the plug on it. What do you, what's the alternative? They should lose, continue losing money on it until, you know, it bankrupts the company. It's, this just this is what's wrong. Again, I've got so many reasons why there's things wrong with the tech reporting realm, but this is it. We've we've gone from an age where journalism was king, and these people knew the markets that they were covering, they knew the stories they were covering, they knew the people they were covering. But now we live in a world where people like us, let's face it, we're sitting here in our spare bedrooms and whatever, we're pontificating about all these things, and we know nothing about the actual inner workings of a multinational corporation. And, and, it's, and okay, we've got a very small listenership, but you've got other sites as well who, who have big, huge names and they attract huge advertising, and they're exactly the same, right? They are also being contributed to by a few people in their spare bedrooms who who sort of do it on the side or or they've somehow got the kudos to go out and do it full time but there's no there's no learned there's no there's no experience behind it it's just you know the, 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 it's just the echo chamber that has become the internet for these especially in the tech sphere i mean i'm sure the fashion 
you know, and a lot of other spheres have the same thing. I know the car industry, yeah? if you just go on YouTube and search people reviewing cars, my God, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. And, and I, uh, and it just it it appalls me a little bit to see you know. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on this one, Carl. Apple News has made me start hating trying to look at Apple News because there was um there was an article the other day like um Apple's new Bluetooth uh, Apple's new headbuds will emit dangerous radiation. Oh. And it's like, okay, sounds yeah, okay. What's going on here? Is this a W one chip? Is there something new? No. It was the fact that it has to use Bluetooth to send the signal round to your other ear. Well, that's what loads of other Bluetooth headphones do. And it was like, ah, oh, and I felt so crappy for clicking on a blinking link, you know, just like, ugh. It was just apt. It, and then there was another one. Uh, what was it? That was the radiation one. Uh, Apple can see your messages. <laughs> and it was like... I said, there should be a way of retracting your page view. <laughs> yes, I don't yes. Want you can't have that click. Sort off. Oh, that would be amazing. Have a vote down button so you can retract your page view. That'd be amazing. Then you get to work. <laughs> I yeah, oh, damn. We can't even claim ownership of that idea because you thought of it before us. Already patented. Uh, oh, there was another one as well uh, about Apple can read your messages. And it's like, okay, what's this one about? No, and no. this is the whole chain, uh, the metadata thing. Yeah. And then it actually, and then in the article, it doesn't make any reference at all to reading messages. It's like a pure and utter blinking clickbait headline that Muggins here clicked on, and now they're going to think it's a bloody good idea to keep writing them, all because I was so stupid. It went, ooh, okay, let's see what's going on here. And it wasn't even that. It made one of my articles look well written. That was the most disgusting thing about it. There's just no need for it. But this has been going on for a long, long time, and it will go on for a long, long time because you know we we fall for it. We we read those headlines, and then headlines are not necessarily written by the person who done the piece. They're written by the editor of the site, and in a lot of times, and. Uh, you know, we have to remember, this is the thing. If you want to read technology stuff, because that's the sphere we're dealing with, you need to remember before you click on anything, right? Look who it's from. Because if you're using Apple News, you can see who it is reporting that thing. And if it's someone you've never heard of, don't even bother. For example, when you see like uh, news stories about stuff they couldn't possibly, possibly know unless they were Tim Cook, don't even waste your time clicking on it. It's a waste of time. It's just another click so they can go to the advertisers and say, look, we, we can give you this amount of business because we can write clicky headlines that people will click on and supposedly see your adverts, which they won't because they'll be gone in two seconds after landing on the page, realizing it's a load of rubbish. <laughs> ah, anyway, you know what? This leads us nicely into Dean. Yes. Tell us about what's happening with the future of Crystal and content blocking. Okay, yeah. So last week, last Friday, I released an update, which is the 1.3 update. Um, and also to celebrate the first anniversary of Crystal, I dropped it down to free for the weekend. So anyone that grabbed it between Friday and Monday um, didn't have to pay a penny for it. And what? Why didn't you tell me I would have put that on the website if I'd known? <laughs> I tweeted it out like a hundred different times. Over the he would have used the headline: <laughs> "Developer doesn't sell product, reduces it to free." <laughs> <laughs> that's what you'd start no, no. developer struggles for market share there you go <laughs> yeah um 
So yeah, it's got a few new features in it. It's got um, whitelisting, so you can whitelist your favourite websites and allow them to show ads if you know, or if you think that they show acceptable ads that are you know acceptable to you, or if they put these little ad block walls where you can't access the website unless you turn your ad blocker off and you feel comfortable going to that website, you can whitelist them. And it's also got acceptable ads, which we've talked about a few times before, which is in partnership with AdBlock Plus, where um, adverts that meet AdBlock Plus's criteria will um, will uh, show up when you browse a web. And then there's also an option not to have that option on as well. And there's a few other things in there as well that I've added that I can't remember off the top of my head. Better translations. What do you mean? That's one. You can't remember your own app off the top of your head. Blimey, he's living the rock and roll lifestyle. Is that a new icon as well? Is it more crystally? Yeah, yeah. It's got. It's a little bit more shinier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do, have you ever been tempted to release an update onto the App Store just so people remember that the app is there and just go bug fixes? <laughs> that is part. Of that, yeah. I'm sure that's a marketing trick. I'm absolutely positive they must have a way of seeing the stats of when their app is being used somehow or some fashion, and they just go bug fixes and under the hood improvements. Yeah, I think if you don't tell people what new features are in there, they'll just go hunting for them and just open your app and just look around. I think that's their thinking behind that. Or uh, I know with like Facebook and they do it with all their apps. A lot of it's to do with A/B testing. They do a lot of tests on randomly on their user base, just see what works, what doesn't. Just trial out new features or new UI uh, UI layouts, etc. Um, I've just yeah. been uh, reading your reviews on your on on the site on the app site. Oh yeah, uh, and you you pleased the reader of TMZ, which I'm not sure you should have owned up to, or they should have owned up to. But there you go, because now apparently the TMZ tabloid site is readable again using Crystal. <laughs> Gets rid of all the adverts apparently. That sounds like a regression. I have to get that fixed in the next update. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my phrase from Caesar. <laughs> yeah, don't read TMZ. <laughs> Don't think to that level. <laughs> I will admit, I'm on the old beta testing thing. I use Crystal, and I've tried a couple, and it I don't know why, it just feels one of the faster ones out there. And that's probably just anecdotal, and I'm not saying that just because you're on the show. The If I'm right in thinking, the acceptable ads, do they include Google ads? Yes, some of them. Not all of them, some of them. The ones that are right. not flashy or not in the middle of content... Um, if you go to acceptableads.org or .com, I can't remember the website, you can see um, the actual criteria of what constitutes an acceptable ad and how they are displayed on a page and what the ad constitutes of. And of course, although I bring that up, we do have to make it clear, if you want to turn the adverts off and not have acceptable ads, you can do. Because I remember that you were getting some stick a while ago, weren't you, when you said you plan to... Uh, you plan to allow acceptable ads in. The internet did its thing of going into complete outrage mode before realising there would be a way to say, no, turn them off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a little button on the front screen. It tells you exactly what the option does. And it's just one tap and it turns off. Um, and there's also a little message that pops up on the onboarding screens. You get a few slideshows to go through and one of them tells you what the feature does. Um, so you can make up your own mind whether to leave it on or off. 
And one final question while we're on the subject, Crystal. When you went free for the weekend, did you notice a massive spike or was it just, or now Crystal's been out for a year, was it just like a little bump? How did it go? Yeah, quite a huge spike, actually. Um, over the weekend, it was just over 50,000 users got added on. <laughs> wow. Which is, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, quite an impressive weekend. And strangely enough, 6,000 of them were from the volume purchase program, which means that they've been purchased in bulk by a business or educational institute. So, well, that, that is interesting. So, yeah. yeah, I've never thought about that side of it before. I suppose if you're in a, I suppose if you're in a volume, if, if you're, I suppose if you've got a device enrolled onto a system and it's sharing the same profiles, it would kind of make sense that maybe adverts are going to start showing up that might be inappropriate for some and not others. Yes. Yeah, so I might have to look into that. I'm not sure where it's being used. I'd love to have details of who's made this purchase, uh, you know, um, who's made the company purchases, because I've had a few other bulk purchases in the past. Because um, it's an option when you submit an app whether you allow B2B discounts. So I think if you buy it as a business, you get like, 50% off or 70% off somewhere something like that so you can buy a lot of apps for cheap essentially um, so I'd like to actually know who's actually using these apps in enterprise or educational facilities and how they're getting on with it I suppose it'll also be good to find out you know, how they're using it what the feedback is and yeah I suppose that is one thing missing from a load of apps is a feedback mechanism but you've got a feedback button built in haven't you yeah there is a feedback button but um for like businesses i like to reach out to them and say hey use my app in the enterprise how is it working for you is there anything that could be better tailored for the business market that i'm not addressing because i'm focusing you know mainly on consumers on the consumer market so i'd like to you know get that feedback and see if it's working out for them. that's one thing i'd like in future I just know it's on your site as well. You've got a, a, a tweet, a quote tweet from not Johnny Ive, the Johnny Ive parody as well. <laughs> Enabling at Crystal app for Safari on iOS is the online equivalent of going from a spinning hard drive to an SSD. Yes, it's that much quicker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's it's strange when you use an ad blocker for the first time on Safari. It just goes super fast. Um, and with Crystal, I try to balance speed with, um, it's not, I know it's not the fast ad blocker, but it's pretty much up there is one of the fastest because I balance speed with performance. So, you know, blocking as many ads as I can and also removing the white space that, that's left by ads. So when you're scrolling for an article, you don't have like a big white box in the middle where an advert should be. So um, I try to balance all of them and uh-huh. keep that one in control. So how's your block list? How, how long, how big is your block list now? Uh, it's about between seven to 8,000 rules. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few. Do I keep finding? Do I keep adding new ones all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I regularly update. Them. I mean, I mean, do, do are they still trying to find ways of getting around the various ad blockers out there? Is one? Not, no, no, not really. Um, it's very rare for that to happen. Um, if anything, it's just like a new advert company has popped up, and I'm not blocking them because you know they're new and I'm not aware of them yet. So then I get into blocking them, but um. Yeah, not many, especially big publications, they normally make a big, there's normally like a big news story around if they're going to start blocking ad blockers because um, they want to promote it. And so that's how I find out these things mostly. 
um, apart from user feedback, which I've got a reporting function in the app. So you can report if a website's not working or if there's something blocked that shouldn't be, so I can get in and fix that. You're like the opposite of a club bouncer, aren't you? You're on the list, you're not getting in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. I was going to say, have you ever thought about releasing a list of the most blocked ads, but then I realised that you, you don't actually get any data back from Crystal, do you? Exactly, yeah. So there's no... I don't get any data back from my users, which is annoying So I'd love to provide that kind of information. Like, I know ad blockers on the desktop should say, you know, you've blocked 1,000 ad- adverts this month or you've blocked five, ad block- five adverts on this page. I can't provide that information, unfortunately. But um, on the plus side, customer privacy. I don't get to know anything about you or your browsing habits or any of that kind of stuff. I've just uh, recently put Ghostry back on my one of my Safari browsers, and I forgot how many flipping adverts and things are on particular websites. It's crazy. Yeah, I love how Ghostry just pops up a big giant purple list of all the things that's trying to load in the background. So you just you're constantly aware of all them things that are trying to load, and yeah. It's crazy how much stuff works in the background of websites that you're not even aware of, not even the adverts that you see, just all the technology behind it that you don't see. So is there any any news on a Mac version any time in our future, possibly, maybe? Yes, I am working on it. It is under construction. I'm currently working on a... said that last time. (laughs) (laughs) I know I did. I know I did. Actually, he's not on the jet plane this week, so he might actually get some work done. (laughs) No, that's that's the end of the month I'm on a jet plane. Um... (laughs) So I'm currently working on one point, a new update for Crystal on iOS, which um, better suits Russian, Japanese and Chinese block lists because there's a lot of traffic in them countries and I just want to better serve them. And also I'm working on the Mac version, which should be out hopefully within the next month or two. I'd like to try Ooh. just to just as like a maybe in a beta form um, because they've changed how Safari extensions were distributed back in WWDC. So instead of being distributed through the web, they Apple wants Safari extensions to be distributed through the Mac App Store. So hmm. that kind of changed my plans and I just kind of put it on hold because there's no point releasing it on the web when they're trying to promote this new platform when Sierra gets released. So now Sierra's released and that's kind of stable. I can um, get to working on that. And the bonus... Cool. Yeah, and the bo- yeah, and the bonus is um, I can share a lot of code between iOS and macOS. Excellent. We look forward to seeing it. Do you um? How do you map with eight thousand rules? How do you manage obsolete stuff? You know, stuff that's disappeared. Do you have a way of managing that so your your list is always relevant? I don't know, unfortunately. When it comes to obsolete stuff, um, I found that was the biggest problem with. Because originally, when I first started Crystal, I used what's called EasyList, which has about 40,000 rules. And to give you an idea, the maximum you're allowed on iOS is 50,000 in your in your block list. So this 40,000 rules, I just found it was just so big and bulky because it's been around for about 10 years. And there's a lot of probably obsolete stuff that's not been removed. And um, that's why I started trimming it down and trying to work out what I can get out of, remove from it. And... Yeah, that got optimized, and now I'm not really sure how to do that because I don't, I can't really gather any more any data of you know what rules are being triggered or what rules are not being triggered. 
that's something I've fed back to Apple and I'd like to get back. I don't think it will happen because of user privacy. But um, even with like differential privacy, what they talked about in WWDC, where um, it aggregates a lot of users and some users report a true value, some report a false value. I'd like that kind of information back just to know which rules are working and which rules are obsolete. But I have to wait and see on that one. Excellent. Look forward to being on the beta list without having to resort to Twitter to go, ding, put me on the beta list. <laughs> yeah, you're on the beta. I'll let you know as soon as the Excellent. is available. A couple of essential items for your iPhone 7 and also your other iDevices here in Nemo's hardware store this week, beginning with the intrepid 2-in-1 USB wall charger and power bank. The website and the company is refuel.com. That's R-E hyphen F-U-E-L dot com. We will have the links in the show notes and the UK prices for the Intrepid 2-in-1 USB wall charger and power bank. $60 in the US. It's a small black oblong shape with an AC outlet, an American AC outlet that folds in. So you plug in the power bank and then at the other end, unfolds a small lightning cable with a tip and a small micro USB cable with a tip. So you will have 52 mAh of power with you wherever you go, whether you're in the car, camping, at school, in the lab, wherever you happen to be, you'll have two iPhones worth of extra juice. Strong recommendation. If you do not have one of these AC charging power banks get one immediately they are outstanding another company new to us in addition to refuel is lander l-a-n-d-e-r and again mark will have the links in the show notes it's the nev n-e-v-e lightning cable from lander.com 30 dollars in the u.s available in black or white three foot or one meter long very very rugged and durable you could do rappelling down the face of el capitan with this cable it's got strongly welded rubberized tip housings at each end for the lightning in the usb and a very durable and reflective cable in the middle go look at the website at lander.com to see why we are recommending this cable n-e-v-e neve lightning cable and finally also from the new company lander.com is the powell P-O-W-E-L-L. I guess that's named after Steve Jobs' wife's maiden name. This is $35 for the iPhone 7, $40 for the 7 Plus. Comes in a dark blue or a black, and we've seen some of these before. It's a very rugged, durable, drop-tested rear and side case. Nothing on the front with all the ports and holes available. Strong military-grade protection. I'm personally not a fan of black cases, but if you like a black case for your phone, this one is worth considering because it looks like you could run over it in a Humvee and you wouldn't damage the case one bit. Thanks for listening. Nemo's Hardware Store, back next week. Well, we're good. we've gone for an hour, chaps. Uh, we've, does anyone want to cover the KB Lake rumored Mac or the iTunes versus uh-huh. Apple Music? A KB Lake thing, I think it's just going to be that was. I think that's just a placeholder because they got so many details wrong in their listing. 
uh, it's got it's got to be a placeholder. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I I was going to I did have a bit of I actually did some research today, which obviously I'm not going to be using because we're running a bit longer than I thought we were going to do. I was looking at metal and uh, seeing what was going to use metal, and surprisingly enough, World of Warcraft is going to use metal. So we I'll save that for when I get back a week after because I'm not on next week, I believe, providing he hasn't forgotten something else. Our very own Mr. Gentleman is going to be doing the show next week. Uh, iTunes versus Apple match. What's the difference? Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes because that's quite a big one to cover. So we'll we'll finish off the stories for recreating that new Mac smell. The Buck Candle from 12 South. Yes, if you love the smell of your Apple products being unboxed and... Uh, yeah, people in work took the mickey out of me because I did an unboxing in work going, oh, this smells nice. And I YouTubed it as well. Oh, I actually did yeah. an unboxing video that took an hour. What? <laughs> I don't know. These things just happen. I must have, I was opening the box really, really, really slowly. It had to be for an hour. I had five viewers. So point zero 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 something of the internet was watching me. I think you need a few more zeros there. Well, when I get au fait with it, we're, I am going to start doing some more stuff on our very much underused YouTube channel, which, by the way, you've got some good figures on that, Carl, with your Manfrotto stick. Have I? Anyways, if, you have a, if you're missing the smell of a shiny new Apple product, you can now buy a candle. <laughs> <laughs> From 12 South of all people. And they make some really good products, and you can imagine. Uh, no, I don't want to well, imagine never, the research has gone makes, into this. I've never, I've never. I know new car smell, granted, but the only thing I can think of when you open a new Mac is is the packaging smell. Not, not the machine. Surely, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not opening a new Mac every day. We'd have to ask Dean about how that is, <laughs> but. I've I've never noticed any particular smell when you open a new product. No, I'm I'm waiting. I I have. (laughs) Have you not noticed it just smells? There's that when you pull the box apart and it goes. It's like there's this smell inside it, and it's um, it's like in Twelve Monkeys. You pull it off and you release it, and you go, "Oh, that's nice." Then it dissipates nicely, but you have that nice. Are you saying like odor, Johnny? So, if you've enjoyed this episode, <laughs> what? Oh, the John. I wonder if he probably is. He probably. He does sound like he's breathing. He's out of breath all the time when he's doing these adverts. Like the new Apple Mac. <sighs> that's why he's breathing in all these boxes. In his special white room with his special white gloves. And his special candle. So the new Mac candle is hand poured, hundred percent soy wax with scent notes of mint, peach. <laughs> Basil, lavender, mandarin, and sage, hand poured in Charleston with a burn time of forty-five to fifty-five hours, and it's well, sold I bet out. It, I bet it doesn't last that long. Someone's going to have to do a test. Uh, a test on this. 45. I'll do a live stream. Live stream. That's yes. it. That's with all the fun- functions turned off. Surely, fifty-five hours. I don't believe that. With the candle set to its uh, dimmest burning set- <laughs> setting, one one loom. What's, it, what's the candle thing? Damn, I've forgotten. One Lux. Lux, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, when you get one of these, let us know how it smells. Because <laughs> this has got you written all over it. I was very tempted when I saw it, but I thought, no, I'm going <laughs> to keep on waiting for the real MacBook to come out, the new MacBook, whatever it's going to be. 
Later this month, apparently. So they say. Yeah. I was thinking about all this stuff the other day. You know, like we've got all these um, one watt processor, sorry, five watt processors. It wasn't that long ago that one of the standard builds of a PC that I would do, that would be burning 125 watts. <laughs> yeah, what, you mean those big power things that we used to put in them? No, just uh, was it the Intel E6600. I think that's something like 60, uh, 80 watts, I think that one is. I can't remember now, but it, it just struck me earlier on today how far we've come. Uh, yeah, if I get one of these, I'm going to do a... a I wonder if, when you open the candle... <laughs> yes. I wonder if... the new Mac candle smell? Smell. Well, uh, does the new Mac candle smell like a new Mac when you pull it out of the box? Does the box smell of the box? Exactly. So I want a new Mac candle, Mac candle smell. <laughs> oh, good also, lord! Ironically, doesn't this mean that all Macs will now just spell out the new Mac candle? What way does it go? I suppose you could include one of these. If you, I wonder what this would do for the second-hand market. You could say smells just like it's come out of the box. Well, good thing about this as well, you can buy his gifts and you can just keep buying the same person the same gift over and over again because he's bound to go through them. <laughs> yeah, but what? <laughs> I wonder if there'll be a, there'll be a uh, renewal program. Oh, is, your, is it running out? Join our renewal program. Fair place, 12 South. I bet they've got some hell of promotions out of this. Due to her, oh, although there is a serious note here that says, we're ripping into this product and at the top of the website it says, due to Hurricane Matthew... Our warehouse will be closed. Customers will be experiencing shipping delays. So I hope everyone is safe over there. Now we've been ripping the mickey out of it. I'm right the candle. there. <laughs> yeah, but I sadly... The candle. I wonder... I'm going to... Right, let's do a bit of on-air research. I wonder how the price of this compares to a Yankee candle. What? Don't act like you both don't know what they are. I know full well what they are. Let's have a look here on the old tubes. By one, this... Let's say how big this one is. Um, oh, God, it's... Oh, I wish I'd never clicked on this website now because it's all about that time of the year coming up very soon. <laughs> 21 dollars to blimey! Yeah, so it's about the same price as Yankee Candle, which is twenty one ninety nine, And I'm going to have to put this in the show notes. <sighs> Dang it. There better be an affiliate link. Well, you know what, chaps? Uh, let's go on to the next segment of the show as he hunts around for his soundboard. Let's go on to Worth a Chirp, shall we? Yeah, no, there's no sound clip. Why have I not got it? I would Nick Carroll's, but as soon as his show's back and be running, I've kind of like got to start thinking of my own ideas now. Why? Aww. <laughs> I had an idea. I'm on holiday for a few days. I'll be back and I'll have a new idea. Just he one. says, "Hey, don't! I don't want to burn myself out. I've, I've I've worked out today. I've been going for 82 episodes. 82 episodes of this nonsense on it. Yeah, what is not, the not one or the after? One, not one after the other. It's like a week in between. Yeah, but it's still 82 weeks." Sort of, okay. no, because the first yeah, some, few... Hang on. Some of them are only five minutes long, you cheat. It still counts. God what about your back-and-forth moments? You, if you did 100 back-and-forth moments and some of them were only five minutes long, you won't go, oh, I'm not going to... But I don't count them. There you go. Yeah. 
Right then, we'll go to with a chip. Uh, who's going to go first? Carl, you've got an Amazon. You're going to recommend the Amazon Echo with a few caveats. I am, but I've already sort of said the caveats earlier on. And that is, it's a nice little If you're into your tech, I suggest getting one. Even though if you miss the window getting it for 99 quid, it's now 149 quid. That will make me pause for a little, uh, uh, for a bit maybe. But um, it's still an interesting device. Uh, like, like I say, it's still not fully operational in the UK. It can do some basic things. Um, like, for example, example, I'll ask it the weather. Alexa, what's the weather? Currently, in Pontus, and it's 12 degrees with clear skies tonight. You can expect just a few clouds in the sky with a low of nine degrees. So there you go. I've got a hundred pound weather telling machine. She's, got, she, she's got such a soothing voice. The, the voice is wonderful. It does sound very natural. It's like most of the time, it does sound quite natural. I mean, I can ask it things like when my train, if my train's going to be delayed, if there's problems on the U, uh, on the tube in London. Uh, there's no bus option at the moment. I can ask it a play. Things from Amazon Prime Music or Spotify if I had an account, but I haven't. I've got a Prime account though. Um, it can read my audio books from Audible. Uh, it can do things like that. It can read my calendar. It can tell me, I can tell it, ask it things, um, you know, about movies or people and stuff like that. So it will give me sort of like the first couple of lines from their Wikipedia page, I think. I'm, I'm guessing it's getting it from. It can, it can do a lot of things, but none of them, none of them sort of like, totally astounding um but they're still quite good they're still quite interesting if you're if you're into your tech if you're not i wouldn't suggest getting it at all yet hold off for a little while but if you enjoy messing around with technology it's a great thing to have and play about with and try and get it to do things that you didn't know it could do um you can add more skills to it you get an app on your phone and you can add skills from people like justy or national rail to to expand what it can do but uh, on the whole, at the moment, straight out of the box, it can't do that much, unfortunately. It's not got as many things as the US version has got, which is always the flipping way with Amazon, unfortunately. But I, I you know, can only think it's going to expand and grow. One of the good things, though, however, though, is, it is the music does sound quite nice coming out of it. Um, I think it's only a 15-watt speaker in there, but it gets quite loud. I can't have it up full volume, for example. Um, but it's nice because you can say, <clears throat> set volume to four and stuff like this, and the volume goes up and down. And, uh, of course, because um, it doesn't use all the security stuff related with HomeKit, Apple's HomeKit, it's much more open. You can use things like the Wemo control switches and things like that. So not only have I got my Hue lights hooked up to it, I've also got my Remo plugs. So I can turn the fans on and do various other things in, in, in around the house. All from voice command. So it does feel like, you know, a little bit like I'm talking to How the How 9000, for example, except she's female. And uh, so it's good from that point of view. Um, but like I say, uh, if, if you're into your technology and playing about with new things, I'll suggest getting it. If you're not, you'd probably be okay with leaving it for a little while. You, uh, you sent me a video the other day of you turning your light on and your fan on. How long has that, uh, that lasted before you've gone, hmm, have you got oh, bored of it yet? No, no, lights and fans are probably the thing I do the most because uh, it gets so hot in this room. Well, I mean, because I've got a boiler in a cupboard, which isn't very well shielded. And uh, I'll often say, I'm not going to say it because it will happen. Like I turn on the bedroom fan or, or I turn on the 
set the lights to 10% or, or, or whatever. And it, it does work fantastic for that. And like, you know, you can play your certain playlists that you've got set up in prime and that will work. So you can just say like, play me some country music, play me some jazz, play me some rock and it will just go off and, and play a random selection. It is good. Just to sh- I, I, I haven't done it yet, but you can use Uber as well. You can say, call me an Uber. And it will go through the, the rigmarole of getting an Uber to your door. And it will tell you when they're expected as well. I'm not sure if it actually says they're outside. Can you do things like, um, hey, so-and-so, go into ladies' mode so the lights come down, play some soft jazz? Yes, you can. If you, can you can queue things up together. So if you've got so many, a certain section of devices, you can look them, hook them all together and then give it one command word for doing that thing. So if you've got multiple lights, you can say set this mode and it will do the whole thing in one go. I'm not sure about playing music as well. You'd have to have it set up somewhere else, but it's only a command away. (laughs) I had one thing and then I've just checked and the price has gone back up on iTunes. So, um, it was a good deal at the time, but it's gone. Um, it was the only Fools and Horses classic TV show that I like. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, they had that. 40 99 wasn't it? Fourteen ninety nine. it was for a little yeah, while. Yeah, now it's gone back up to £50. Pounds. Um, oh. So, um, unfortunately, it'll, it'll probably go back on sale at some point. But anyway, um, yesterday I got a Raspberry Pi, which is take, it's taken me so long to get one. I don't know why I haven't got one before. Um, <laughs> and I've got an interesting project I'm going to do with this. I'm going to... I found a, a website online. You can basically set it up to test your internet speed at 10 minute intervals uh, to make sure you're getting the speeds that you should be. And um, and then it tweets your ISP should the speed fall below that and it saves all the data to Google Sheets. So I'm going to try and um, claim some money back from Virgin Media because they've been absolutely appalling for me the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, well, I, I got the 200 megabyte package so sometimes it downloads at 200 meg and then sometimes it just drops to between 2 and 20 and then my upload speed just drops to 0.5 meg and you can't do anything with a terrible upload speed like that um but even loading up a youtube video just takes a while because i think data's been sent back and forth back and forth and it just freezes God, i thought that's just me not just i've had i've had exactly the same thing around nine o'clock every night it drops down to nothing but like 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I've, I've rung them up. They don't know how to fix it. I've bought a brand new router. So I just use my uh, basically brand new Wi-Fi router and that doesn't help at all, but it does boost my speeds generally on Wi-Fi. And nothing's fixed it. I've tried calling them and they've got an engineer coming out on Friday. I've got absolutely no hope he's going to do much apart from, if I'm lucky, swap the hardware out. But I don't think it's a hardware problem because the hardware... <laughs> yeah... <laughs> <laughs> no it'll be absolutely perfect when he's here that'll be the time yeah, that's yeah. how it works as soon as he's as soon as he pulls away go back down to two or 20 meg so um yeah i've got absolutely no idea what's going on with it so we'll see i'm gonna once i start checking the speeds on a 10 minute interval saving it to google sheets and then send him a letter once a month requesting money back for the bad service they're gonna probably take notice and either kick me out of the company or um, <laughs> uh, give me some money back. I'll fix it, hopefully. That's that's what I want. <gasps> I, got, I got breaking news for you. 
I've, I've just I've just looked at the iTunes live uh, iTunes you know store, and one of my favourite films of all time is Three Ninety Nine Midnight Run. <laughs> I just had to share. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been another great show. Thank you very much both for turning up this week. So the thing that remains to me to ask is where can we get a hold of you? Dean, let's start with you. Yep, you can find me probably on Twitter all the time. Um, my username is at CraftyDino. Excellent. Cheers for that. And Carl, where can we get a hold of you, good sir? Uh, over on macandforth.com and also get hold of me on Twitter, claw0101. Thank you. And as always, I've been at Essential Apple on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Google Plus, and of course, EssentialApple.com. And until next week, cheerio, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>